Welcome, and thanks for listening along with Kingstown Communion, an inclusive and affirming United Methodist Church in the Kingstown area of Alexandria, Virginia. And our community exists to gather people, just like you here now, into communion with Christ and extend God's table into the world through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. This podcast is just one way that we live this out. For more information about our church or to give to our ministry, visit kingstowncommunion.net. And if you live nearby, we hope you'll join us for worship on Sundays at Hayfield Secondary School. Um, the great de-churching. 
uh, a forthcoming book analyzing surveys from more than 7,000 Americans conducted by two political scientists attempts to figure out why so many Americans have left churches in recent years. Um, and the authors find that religious abuse and corruption, they do play roles in this, but it's not the main reason. The book suggests that the defining problem driving out most people who leave the church is just is how American life works in the 21st century. Contemporary America simply isn't set up. It's not set up to promote the kind of things that the church promotes, like mutuality and care and common life. Rather, it is designed to maximize individual accomplishment as defined by professional and financial success. And so such a system leaves precious little time or energy for forms of community. Forms of community that don't contribute to one's own professional life or at at later ages, professional prospects for one's children. And so as Meter notes, part of the problem is the, the unusual role that religion has come to play in American lives. That is the key problem for why people aren't going to church. And um, there's a term that's coined workism. Um, it's the, the economists of the early uh, 20th century did not foresee that work might evolve from a means of material production to a means of identity production. But it's become a means of identity production. Workism doesn't deliver on the promises that the church delivers on. Um, our jobs were never meant to shoulder the burdens of faith. They are buckling under the weight of it. Um, and so this article comes out and I think, I'm like, thank, thank you for writing this article. And it comes out a week um, before we get to this word in our series um, on James. James prods us to wise up, to wise up. Um, there's a simple formula we know in the church. Uh, you might know it. Um, pastors use it all the time. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, you, you, would, you probably would guess that just because, you know, the same quality that makes me want to have, like, really funky glasses is also the same quality that makes me not want to do the same formula. Um, so it's like the three-point sermon. The three-point sermon, super basic, right? But um, unfortunately, all my attempts to get out of it, James doesn't allow us out of it today. Um, James gives us today a three-point sermon. And I think a three-point sermon in the context of that August 3rd, 2023 article that says that it is American way of life that is actively working against us gathering in community and in commonality, but also actively working against our um, caring for the flourishing of others. 
The author James identifies himself as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And James is writing to those 12 tribes of Israel that are now scattered all abroad. And James traditionally is thought to be the brother of Jesus. And he writes this letter from his Jewish Christian perspective, dispersed outside of Palestine, encouraging them, prodding them to wise up and to humbly live by the kind of wisdom that God alone gives and not the wisdom that all the other kinds of wisdom, all the other sources of wisdom, all the other lies that we are told that leads us to believe that, that, that the, you know, the American way of life is what will um, give us our identity. And being the, the good Jew that he was, James does this not by basing his article on the, on the mystery of his brother's death and resurrection, but on the elemental faith in God that allowed his brother to live and die the way that he did. That in Jesus' wisdom from above met wisdom from below so that everyone could distinguish between the two and would know how to sniff out and point out what is not wisdom. And he launches into this three-point sermon in the form of three questions today for us. I think these are the questions that um, we're left with also when we um, read that article. Number one, who is wise and understanding among you? From where will you get your wisdom? Number two, from what do conflicts and disputes arise? James asks. And number three, what does God want? James knows that these three questions are imperative if God's people are going to wise up. These three questions are essential for the church today. Um, this church in our formative years, the church in, as a whole in its formative years post-COVID in this, um, this postmodern world. These questions are important for every Christian church to ask. First, so who is wise and understanding among you? Well, all throughout James's letter, he tells us who's wise and understanding among us. James is lifting up countless markers of the evidence of God. God-given wisdom to the life of individuals. And these include the following characteristics. Gentle or humble. Pure, peaceable, willing to yield, full of mercy, willing to confess, without a trace of partiality or, or hypocrisy. The church has been lacking in many of these things throughout the years. But I ask you to take stock of where you work the communities you live and work and play. Where do you find those who are wise? These are difficult traits to live into, right? They speak of a life that is not ego-driven or envious in a society that is centered on self-gratification, often at the expense of others. These words sound alien and they sound countercultural. That's exactly what they're meant for us to be today. What practices or habits help us live into God's wisdom? To recognize these within ourselves, the desire to want them in ourselves is, in fact, a mark of wisdom. And then the desire to seek them out is, too. 
And then the second question, uh, from what do conflicts and disputes arise? Like, conflicts and disputes, who relishes those things? Who wants them? Like, I, I don't know anyone who wants a conflict or dispute, but I do know those who thrive on them still happening. They go about causing conflicts and disputes and then jump out of the way and watch all the mayhem that happens from them. I know people who will never confront a conflict either. And these are the conflict averse and conflict avoiders among us, right? And James today, though, looks at these conflicts and sees at their core the sin in them and the envy in them and how they're rooted in so, so deeply in our putting our identity in all the wrong places. When we look at our society and see this kind of um, unspiritual wisdom all around us, um, our children desire branding, clothing, and um, they, because they see others wearing it, and, and our and youth crave the like the latest um, phone, and 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 they do this because they're mimicking the exact postures we take on as we continue to find our identity in this professional and financial world instead of in this spiritual realm that God's calling us to. And then that, um, that third point. What does God want? What a great question. What, what does God want? Not that we should presume to know the mind of God, but sometimes we need to be reminded that it's not what we want from God. But to ask, what does God want? I believe that God is, is not seeking perfection from any of us. But God is seeking faithfulness. God is not seeking weekly church attendance. God is not seeking... Uh, Ordering everything in your life so that you, like I, went to church every Sunday and Wednesday and Friday night, right? Growing up. But God is seeking faithfulness. And it is ours uniquely to discern what does faithfulness look like. Wise up. What then does life look like in church community that is lived by God's wisdom? Every good three-point sermon often ends by repeating the major points, right? Um, so, who is wise and understanding among you? From what do conflicts and disputes arise? What does God want? And returning to that, that article that uh, earlier, I, the problem in front of us is, is, is not that we have a healthy, sustainable society that doesn't have room for church. The author says the problem is that many Americans have adopted a way of life that left us lonely, anxious, and uncertain of how to ever live in community with other people. This point reminds, um, reminds me of this episode I heard on, on how to talk to people. It's a podcast. And uh, 
in which the hosts discuss the role of public spaces in building community, places such as coffee shops and barbecue joints and churches and libraries. They serve as truly shared spaces, right, where people mingle and make new friends and, and but even these places in 2023, we've observed this hustle and bustle added to even these places. People are on this, this mission, this American efficiency mission. Within this American efficiency culture we find ourselves in, and it's so it makes it so hard to just to just slow down. There's no incentivization to incentivizing to, to just slow down and and sit down and meet someone new. Perhaps that's why the church is so hard for us. Many Americans seem to have forgotten how to create truly deliberate communities with one another. And so um, James says, "Wise up." Who is wise among you? Where do disputes arise? And what does God want? I would believe that God wants this, friends. Let us pray. God, we uh, come to you as people that are, I mean, the people in this room, God, we're striving. We're striving to, to, to be about your wisdom. That's why we show up. We're the people showing up. We're not the people of this article. And yet we also nod our heads and say, mm, under our breath. Because something sits right or wrong or real with us. In this notion of American efficiency mission. What if we were about a different mission, God? A mission of forming community, common life, putting our phones aside long enough to have a conversation with our neighbor, extending the time at the table today to talk with someone we have not met before in a church that averages 40 people in worship. God, we're guilty of running from place to place, of not paying attention to who's, who's here, what they need, what they want, what they care about. Slow us down, God. Why do we run so fast? Slow us down. Make us intentional. Help us wise up, God. for anyone who has ever been hurt by that, by, by the efficiency of American culture, passing them by, neglecting what they need. God, Lord, have mercy. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray today. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the 